and welcome to Crossview Radio, a weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. One week ago today, 17 people were shot and killed at Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida. How do we understand this tragedy and how do we respond? And I want to talk today a little bit about uh, this topic of human suffering and really like to do this over the next one or two episodes as well to have just um, just some continuing thought uh, going uh, through this situation. I just want to say right off the bat, my heart is breaking over this. I saw some videos, I saw pictures of the victims, and I just hope that first and foremost, you're responding to this with compassion, that you're responding to this with with broken hearts as we ought to be. But we're also asking questions like why and what can we do to stop this? This is becoming a problem for our culture. We, we are living in a culture fascinated with death. There are many layers to this issue, and I'm not going to peel back every single layer But I do want to talk um, about some of the high points going on over the next couple episodes here. But today, I really just want to address one aspect. I'm going to expand our question a little bit, not just to school shootings, but we're going to talk about the presence of evil in general. Really, all I want to accomplish today is trying to make sense of it. How can we make sense of suffering and evil? How does evil make sense within a Christian framework, within a Christian worldview, And then next time, I'd like to talk a little bit more, um, how do we respond to this? Um, How do we respond to the evil in our world? How do we respond to school shootings and things like that? Um, But for now, we're going to talk primarily about how we can just simply make sense of it from uh, from a worldview perspective. Uh, One of the distinguishing marks of Christianity is that it is able to make sense out of human experience. In fact, this is one of the reasons why we know Christianity is true, because without Christianity, we couldn't make sense of anything at all, including evil. And so we're going to call this just uh, this idea of evil here. We're going to call it the problem of evil, as it's been uh, termed uh, before in the past. But I'd like to start really, the first thing uh, that's worth noting is that this so-called problem of evil is only a problem for unbelievers. In the end, the Christian can find a resolution to this problem. Here is why evil is a problem. Because evil is real. What do I mean? I mean we need to take evil seriously and not just pretend that it's less than what it really is. For the Christian, we believe that God is all-powerful and all-good. Now, if that's the case, there is a difficulty in understanding how God could permit evil to exist. Now, I'm going to come back to this in a moment, but first I want to show how this really is a problem for the unbeliever. The problem for the unbeliever is this. There is no evil in a non-Christian universe. Therefore, there is no problem of evil, which in itself 
is a problem. And here's what we're saying. Unbelievers don't have the right to call anything evil or good. Their worldview does not provide the moral framework necessary to make those kinds of judgments. Unbelievers, they could call school shootings an evil. They could call them inconvenient. They can call them painful, but they cannot call them evil. Only the Christian can do that. But non-Christians, no doubt, will protest, but I do say that this is evil. I do say things are wrong. And my answer is exactly. And I'll echo the words of Paul here in Romans 2.15 where he says, They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. He's talking about unbelievers. They reveal that God's law is written on their hearts. When you say, when when you, and as, as an unbeliever, when unbelievers say there is such thing as moral evil, there is such thing as right and wrong, you are revealing that God's law is written on your heart. But unbelievers, here's the problem, unbelievers will say, oh, that's evil, but they don't have... Uh, a moral framework to make that judgment. They cannot give an account for their moral judgments. Every time an unbeliever cries out for justice, he or she unwittingly reveals that he or she is made in the image of God. Nobody can escape their intuitive heart cry for justice. Every time a person cries out for justice, they are making a theological and religious statement. Even if they're not a Christian or even if they're not a religious person, they're making a theological and religious statement. They are talking about what should be the case. And their deep-seated craving for justice is evidence that they truly and genuinely know that God exists and he's laid down a moral law. Here's the elephant in the room and the inevitable collision within secular thinking. Darwinian evolution says that life is ultimately meaningless. And yet, the same people who say that life is meaningless cry out as if these lives were full of meaning. You can't have your cake and eat it too. One must give way to the other. If you're going to claim that God is irrelevant and that life is ultimately the byproduct of a mindless evolutionary process and that we are just stardust, you're going to have to be consistent in that thinking and apply it to every category of life, including school shootings. Why does it matter what one piece of stardust does to another piece of stardust? We can't get angry at that any more than we can get angry at baking soda reacting with vinegar. If God is irrelevant, then school shootings don't matter. Now, on the other hand, if you're going to claim that human life has value and school shootings are morally reprehensible, you're going to need a worldview that has the moral framework to back up such a claim, and that's exactly what non-Christians fail to provide us with. Only Christianity provides us with the moral framework required to be able to label certain events as good or evil. Only Christianity can provide a logically satisfying definition to morality. Only Christianity can make the leap from raw data to what we should do with that data. Unbelievers can give us the is, but they cannot give us the ought. You may argue, but John... (laughs) You don't have to be a Christian to do this. Non-Christians make moral judgments all the time. And my answer to you, once again, is exactly. But the difference, again, is that the unbeliever cannot account for that moral judgment. At the end of the day, it amounts to mere arbitrary conjecture for the unbeliever. At the end of the day, the unbeliever must steal from the Christian worldview in order to build their own. Non-Christians are always stealing from the Christian worldview in order to patch the holes in their own belief system. But what about the Christian? 
you know, the unbeliever I think obviously doesn't have an answer, but does the believer. And let me state right away that the only meaningful answers that we have are theological answers. I'm disappointed in all of these kinds of uh, issues going on in the world today that Christians or people that claim to be Christians so quickly jettison theological responses. The only meaningful answers we have are theological ones. The question is not, should we be theological in our answer? Instead, the question needs to be, is my theological answer sound or unsound? Because realize it or not, every time an individual makes a moral judgment, they are making a theological statement. And that statement will either be sound theology or it will be unsound theology. So what's our answer to this problem of evil from a Christian perspective? I'm going to borrow from uh, Dr. Greg Bonson here for a moment and give it to you just as simple as I can. Uh, There's really four propositions. We'll start with the first uh, three here that typically are referred to as the inconsistent triad. Uh, Number one, God is all good. Number two, God is all powerful. And number three, evil exists. So this is what has been called the inconsistent triad. It's what we've been referring to as the problem of evil. But as Bonson notes, when we add a fourth premise, all apparent logical contradiction disappears. And here's the fourth premise. God has a morally sufficient reason for the evil which exists. Now, by adding this fourth premise, there's not even the faintest hint of a logical contradiction. The only problem, quote-unquote, at this point, is the emotional discomfort one feels at the prospect of having a God who allows evil for purposes which we may not entirely understand. But from a logical perspective, there is no inconsistency, there is no contradiction. Um, It makes complete logical sense within a Christian worldview uh, why this happens. One cannot miss the reality that the greatest evil in all of human history, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, while it was absolutely evil, had a morally sufficient reason behind it. God accomplished human redemption and salvation through the most uh, evil act of all of history. One is also reminded of the evil that Joseph's brothers perpetrated against him. Joseph reminds his brothers in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And so we must ask ourselves, will we as humans trust God, or will we seek to do as Adam and Eve did and try to redefine good and evil according to our standard rather than God's? Therefore, we're justified to draw the conclusion that if you reject Christianity, you must also reject any meaningful, transcendent standard of morality. You cannot make moral judgments apart from God. Only the Christian is justified in calling out the, the shootings that we experience, it seems like all the time, as a moral evil. Only the Christian is justified in calling out injustice in the world. The unbeliever simply does not have the moral framework necessary to make such a claim. If you're going to call something evil, you're going to need to define it as such. But apart from Christianity, you don't have any meaningful standard. Therefore, the struggle is over who has the right to define good and evil. Who has that right? The Bible declares that this right belongs to God, not to us. So what's the point of all this? The point is that moral judgments require 
theological explanations which unbelievers are not equipped to handle. Only when we make the Bible our starting point can we make sense of the world. And by starting with the Bible, we realize that the cause of school shootings, along with all other sorts of evil, is in fact the evil residing within the human heart. What will restrain that sinfulness? We've got to get to this level. If we're going to deal with this ultimately on a root level, root cause, foundational level, what will restrain the sinfulness of the human heart? It's the gospel. When people repent and trust in Christ, Jesus gives us the ability to be righteous. Apart from him, we will never be righteous on our own. Florida is another testimony of the truthfulness of scripture. One cannot miss the way that the Bible accurately describes the world around us. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 says this, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It's the world we live in. That is the world that we are experiencing. The Bible gives a correct diagnosis of the problem. Thank God that this doesn't have to be the end of the story. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the hope that he has made available to mankind. Let's pray that God would make the gospel known in our nation, that we would repent, and that we would run to him. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us at crossvieworville.com.